Hey there, welcome to Not Your Ordinary Girl, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hey there. So today we're going to be talking about annual performance reviews. In the last decade, it seems like typically we write our own performance reviews. Most of the places I've worked for, it's not where the supervisor sits down and reads to you what you've done for the year and and what's good and what's bad. Typically, we have to write a document or an assessment of what it is that we've done, demonstrating the different capabilities that we've used, the trainings that we've taken, the leadership skills we've leveraged, and you write that up, you provide it to your supervisor by a certain date, they take a look at it, then they write their version or their summary of what they feel you've done well and not so well at, and then submit it for whatever the the process is for raises or promotions or bonuses and what have you. The first... (laughs) The first time that I had to do one of these performance reviews, I thought, well, this is stupid. Why am I doing my boss's job for me? Why do I have to spend all of this time writing four pages of what I've been doing all year? Don't they have any clue what I did? Why am I doing their job? It very quickly made me realize once I started actually doing it that this actually works a lot better in our favor than having the supervisor because naively at that time, I wasn't a supervisor and I didn't even consider that perhaps my boss had more than one person they were supervising besides me and they couldn't possibly know everything that I did. And this was the opportunity for me to make sure that they knew everything that I did and get credit for it. Similar to your resume, writing your performance assessment can be a bit of a uncomfortable exercise because you're really being asked to brag about yourself. You're really being asked to toot your horn. And I know for me, that is an uncomfortable thing. But it's also a really good opportunity for you to make sure that nothing gets overlooked and you are able to really highlight things that perhaps no one knew you were doing or perhaps no one knew how well it turned out. And you want to make sure that you get credit for everything that you did because that will be incorporated in to your performance assessment, which always ends up translating to dollars, right? And everybody likes a raise. A promotion would be nice. A bonus would be great. All of these things. And without demonstrating all of the different wonderful things that you did throughout the year, those things are more and more difficult to get. After that first year and the hours and hours it took me to prepare my performance assessment on my own time because the rule of the company was that this was personal time that you had to be writing this, so I had to be doing it on nights and weekends, and this did not make me happy because I felt that it had to do with my job and why did I have to do it on my own free time again. Naive employee, brand new to the corporate world, and I was just learning the ways of how things go. But after that exercise, I decided that never again would I spend an entire weekend writing my performance assessment, not only because I obviously saved it to the very last minute, but I also had no idea of 
what I wanted to put in it. I had to go back and look at my calendar. I had to go back and look at my notes all through my notebooks, try to figure out and reconstruct the last year because what I found was there was a lot of things that I did that I forgot about, okay? And again, you wanna make sure you get credit for all of the different things that you did, especially the ones that really matter. So starting that very next week, I created a separate calendar so that I could write down all of the different things that I was doing on a weekly basis. If there was any really standout performances, if I did a presentation for a, a meeting or I created a document that was used, no matter how impactful it seemed at the time, I wrote it all down. I built a relationship with this person. I had a meeting with that person. I put it all in this one calendar so that I would be able to pull from that. And I did try to, as the year went on, I started thinking about how difficult it was to be able to write a narrative. So I started writing more and more sentences into the, the calendar, describing, trying to use some keywords and whatnot so that I could just cut and paste that into the document at the end of the year. So obviously by the end of that year, uh, my entries into that calendar were much more substantive and easy to just cut and paste. I had to go back and really fill in the beginning because I just kept learning different ways that I could make my life easier by the end of the year. I didn't use everything in the calendar. I put a lot more in there than I needed to and, and there's obviously things that you can roll together. Did five presentations, wrote seven proposals, those types of things. Perhaps you want to highlight the really impactful ones, wrote seven proposals, got an award for so whatever number of dollars it was for two of them, that type of thing. Uh, you want to highlight those in. Any of the training courses that I took, those are written in there and how I leveraged them. If I took a public speaking course and I spoke at a conference, the public speaking course that I took was very good because I learned to improve my communication skills for said conference, okay? The more detailed you can be in collecting that information through the year, the easier it will be at the end of the year. I carried that process through for uh, at least a decade, and every year I would do the same thing. I did adjust it over time for what works best for me, and you should probably figure out if a calendar works for you. Perhaps you want to do a Word document or a spreadsheet. Eventually, when I was uh, with the government, it was always the same format every year, so I had the first one, and I would just add to those things through the year in that document so that it was all formatted the same way and all I needed to do was cut and paste it. And that worked very well for me, at least from a time standpoint, right? So when you get to the end of the year, the notification comes out, it's that time again, you have to go and enter your performance evaluation into the computer or send it to your boss or wherever it goes. Now you've already got that information. The other thing that you wanna do before you meet with your supervisor, because in theory, I think most companies, all that I've ever worked for, after you submit the paperwork, at some time you have to go and sit down with your boss, they provide their feedback, whatever their write-up is of you, and they provide their recommendations for the next year, they provide what they think you're doing well, what they think you're not doing well, what your raise is or what your promotion is or, or whatever the, the process is for, for moving on to the next level. I found that not all supervisors provide feedback and they don't all provide good feedback or bad feedback. Some of them only provide good feedback. Some of them only provide bad feedback. 
Okay. So part of this is getting to know your supervisor. And if that changes every year, obviously that's kind of an ever changing situation where you have to roll with whatever it is that, that happens at that meeting. But you can prepare to a certain extent for that meeting so that you can get the most out of it. That's my recommendation here. Look at your annual performance review as a pulse check and as an opportunity to find out what it is you need to do so that you can be even better the next year, okay? I had a supervisor and she would always say all kinds of good stuff at my annual performance review. And the first year I came out thinking, wow, that was great. I had a great year. I did a great job. I got a nice raise. Then I sat at my desk and thought, well, wait a minute. What am I supposed to do this year? If I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing now, surely there has to be something I should be doing this next year. And I thought, oh, I should have asked. I should have talked to her about it. I should have gotten more information. What was I thinking? So I had to go back to her and say, you know, I, I, I failed to ask you while we were in here. I really appreciated all the accolades and the positive feedback, but surely there are areas that I should be focusing on for the next year. And I got a very vague non-answer, if you will. And in talking to other people at work, what we determined was that she was unprepared to provide feedback because she was not very familiar with everything that I had done aside from what was in my paperwork. And that was because she was responsible for managing a lot of people. Okay, so the feedback I got from a mentor was that I should provide my supervisor advanced request before my annual review that I was going to be looking for feedback and uh, recommendations for growth and advancement. So I went to my supervisor and I said to her, I really appreciated your time and I didn't feel like I got a lot of recommendations for how I could be doing better on the next year. Would it be helpful if next year prior to my performance review, I send you a note and say, I'm going to be wanting critical feedback. I'm going to be wanting substantial information on what it is you want me to do. And she said, sure, go ahead, send that to me next year. And honestly, I thought, "Mm, I don't know if she's actually really going to do this or she's just really busy right now and doesn't have time to deal with my neuroses that I have to have some kind of feedback. The next year came around and the notice came out that it was time for us to put our, our summary of our efforts into the computer. And I sent a note to my supervisor and said, look, we're coming up on this time. I know that we're going to be meeting shortly. I'm working on gathering all of my information. I would really like it if you could provide me feedback on X, Y, and Z. Are there any areas where you think that I need to be improving upon? Are there any training classes that you would recommend for this next stage of my career? Are there any things that I can be preparing so that I can be positioning myself for advancement? When we finally had our sit-down meeting, she had a whole page, and it was great because there were some suggestions for a training class or two that I needed to take to position myself as a supervisor. I had some information about um, feedback on comments and things that she had gotten from my teams. I had some feedback on my communications, and it was all very constructive and very helpful. And I was able to take that information 
and break it down and apply it over the next year and improve upon all of those things or add those extra skills that she had recommended. At the end of the next year, I was able to also put in my performance assessment that I had to submit that I had received recommendations to do A, B, and C, and I did A, B, and C, and I also found D, E, and F that were in those areas and did those two. So not only did I do the things that she asked me to do last year, but I found other things to do in those areas to even further improve. So it was able to give me uh, an example of receiving feedback and incorporating it, leaning forward, and really trying to be the best at my job that I could. I got an even higher performance rating that year and more of a percentage because everything is, you know, nowadays everything is based upon percentage. They split the pot for your razor. However, maybe that's just in the places I worked. What I learned from that is that as hard as it was to hear that there were a few things she thought I needed to improve upon, I felt much better that she A, knew what I was doing a little bit better because she took the time to delve into it and was really aware of the different things that I was working on and doing well. And I was able to be much more focused my following year on what trainings I was taking, on what projects I was going after, on how I was shaping my career for that year because wandering around in the dark with the feedback that I had a great year and I did everything I was supposed to the year before was twice as stressful because I knew there had to be things that I was working on. And quite frankly, I think that that year was wasted. Don't get me wrong. I did good work that year and everything was fine. But I will always wonder if some of the feedback she gave me the year before could have been applicable to the year prior and I could have been a year further along in my growth and development and advancement had I asked for those specifics the year before. Every year after that, I asked for the same feedback. And while some years were more substantive than others, some years were very specific, take this class, do this, focus on this, and that'll get you here. It was much easier for me to build out my plan for the year of how I really wanted to manage my professional development when I had someone pointing me at least in the right direction. Now, she didn't always say take this exact class. She would say maybe take a class in this topic area. So obviously there's some legwork that goes along there and talking to other folks and your mentors and coaches and finding out what the best courses are in these areas. But at least I had something to start with. I had somewhere to really think about what I was going to be doing that year to really focus and grow my capabilities. When you're preparing for your annual review and you're, you're creating your list of all of the different things that you have accomplished and the milestones that you have met and getting ready to go and meet with your supervisor, the last thing that I would suggest you do is not only bring a copy of what you submitted, but go through and highlight a couple of things that you want to make sure that your supervisor is aware of. Because a lot of times you spend your time talking about what their assessment is because they've read it and they've created their assessment. But if you have 30 minutes with your boss and that's one-on-one time, they may be super busy and you never get 30 minutes with them. If you have 30 minutes with them for your performance review, take that 30 minutes. 
take all 30 minutes and spend that time because the more your supervisor knows about you, the more they understand the efforts that you are putting in and the hard work that you are doing, the more that you will be in the presence of their mind when opportunities arise and you want to be in the forefront. You want them to think, oh, we just had a performance review. I read right through it on the on the paperwork, but Kelly pointed it out that she did a really good job with Project X and this project coming up is just like that. I'm going to suggest that Kelly take this. That may have totally not been an opportunity had I not repointed it out when we were talking in that 30 minutes. And you take that time and discuss the different things. There's an art to how you have that conversation because obviously you don't want to go in there and they talk about their summary and you say, hold on, I want to tell you again all about the fabulous things that I'm doing. Probably not the best approach. If you can get the 30 minutes from them and they're not going to rush you through it, just say something along the lines of, appreciate your feedback, was really excited this year to work on this project. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I learned this and this and this. I built a relationship with this person and developed these skills. And you can kind of take control of the conversation a little bit if it's under the um, format of you thanking them for opportunity, thanking them for trusting you to do something, thanking them for putting you in a position where you are able to take on a project, right? You can really spin that so that you can have a chance to toot your own horn a little bit. And again, I know that that's not always the most comfortable position for people, but that 30 minutes of being uncomfortable because you're tooting your horn gently, tactfully, and humbly, I might add, can make the difference in future opportunities, can make the difference in being at the forefront of your supervisor's head, which will pay forward. You know, if an opportunity comes up or or someone else falls short on something and they need someone to jump in and help out, that could be the moment you're looking for to really get an opportunity to shine, which could lead to promotion. It could lead to a raise. It could lead to a different uh, position. It could lead to a lot of different things. It may not. But all of the little things that we do in our career on a day-to-day basis are all little things that are shifting and putting us in place. And if all of the right things fall into place, then there's no telling how far we can go. But you need to really look for any and all opportunity to just pull these pieces together to maximize every chance you have. Best of luck on your next performance assessment. I hope that you do really well and get that raise that you're looking for. Have a great day. All right. So thanks for tuning in to Not Your Ordinary Girl. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to notyourordinarygirl.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or feedback, and please go ahead and recommend it to your friends. Until next time, remember to always stand up and be confident, stand by all that you do and say with integrity, and stand out, because after all, there's only one you.